I'm Shannon Bream. I'm Tom Shalou. I'm Maria Bartiromo, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, October 28th, 2020. I'm Trey Yinks. This month marks the one-year anniversary of bloody anti-government demonstrations in Iraq. The Iraqi people are unhappy with the political uh, class and the government about a range of issues from services, lack of reforms, lack of jobs, and and, and, uh, foreign interference. This is the Fox News Rundown, Global Pandemic. The future of Iraq remains uncertain amid changes in leadership and a young population that is still protesting for change. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Sarhang Hamasaid, the director of Middle East programs at the U.S. Institute of Peace, starting first in Portugal, that has seen more than 124,000 total cases of COVID-19. As the country adds more than 3,000 daily cases, officials are warning that by the end of next week, the northern part of Portugal alone could have 7,000 daily cases. The Portuguese parliament has now mandated wearing a mask in public outdoor places. Now to Israel, that is trending in the right direction with under 1,000 new daily cases. This is down from 10,000 earlier in the fall as the positivity rate has also dropped to just 2.2%. If things continue this way, Israel will begin to lift more restrictions on restaurants and gatherings. Finally, in Iraq, where 460,000 total cases have been reported. The United Nations has increased efforts in Iraq to curb the spread of the virus amid concerns over parallel issues like food security. The developments come amid an anniversary this month for the Iraqi people and anti-government demonstrators. Iraq is at an important juncture uh, where it's dealing with uh, a good number of uh, competing uh, issues and challenges. This is Sarhang Hamasaid the director of Middle East programs at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Uh, On the one side, uh, the Iraqi people are unhappy with the political uh, class and the government about a range of issues from services, lack of reforms, lack of jobs and uh, and, and, uh, foreign interference. Uh, And on the second side, you have uh, a government that uh, does not have a strong political backing. uh, So it's unable to do the reforms. It's unable to do uh, to to protect uh, uh, protesters from attacks by armed groups and even members of the security forces. While Iraq is under the dual pressure from the United States asking Iraq to uh, bring uh, armed groups uh, aligned with Iran under control and reduce Iranian influence in Iraq. Um, and uh, in, recent, in, the, in recent weeks, we have seen uh, Iraq also under pressure that uh, not only the United States, but also uh, ambassadors and charge d'affaires from uh, 24 other countries also expressing concerns about their security and the direction of Iraq. And on the other side, you have Iran applying a lot of pressure uh, and using dirty means also uh, in terms of attacks and in terms of uh, 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 risks to people's lives about um, uh, Iraq, uh, wanting Iraq to push the U.S. troops out of Iraq, limiting American presence there. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's an important juncture because this uh, competition, this fight, if you will, rages on. Uh, and um, it, uh, at any given day, uh, it comes down to um, how each actor behaves on that day in terms of what is the balance um, uh, of what's happening there. The U.S. Institute of Peace does a lot of 
critical research and even mediation efforts around the world, basically giving parties ideas of how they can solve their problems. And I imagine Iraq displays such a unique set of problems and such a changing of political heads and, and also shifting of alliances and power. How do you approach looking into the current issues that Iraq faces? And do you feel there is some sort of political solution to stabilize what appears more and more to be a country that is headed towards disastrous, whether it is protest, unrest, uh, or just influence of actors in the region such as Iran that may not have the best interest of the Iraqi people in mind? Right. Uh, so uh, USIP's work um, in Iraq is uh, mostly focused on local level reconciliation. That obviously it has national implications as well. Um, in the past five years, it has been mostly focused on areas liberated from ISIS, uh, trying to uh, bring communities uh, together and uh, uh, mostly tribal communities and, and reach peace agreements that would prevent violence at the local level, uh, that would enable the return of displaced populations uh, um, uh, where thousands of uh, families have been displaced in Iraq. And uh, it also uh, helps create the communal relationships and peaceful coexistence that would deny uh, terrorist organizations like ISIS the space to exploit uh, community cleavages, but also uh, uh, denies the space from armed groups, uh, including those uh, that are aligned with uh, Iran, to not have the space to exploit community cleavages for them to legitimize their presence and uh, turn communities against each other. Uh, we've been, um, uh, to a large degree, successful at that level in the in the areas where we uh, led those interventions. But the national level in Iraq is a really complex uh, situation where um, uh, it, it, many organizations have just reached the conclusion that there is not a political will that is sufficient to do that kind of dialogue. Um, so uh, where, where you're left is that different political parties and leaders are, are making political choices that ties to about their survival, the economic interests and the security interests that they have. And, um, and this is not the position of the U.S. Institute of Peace. It's just uh, uh, many experts, including myself, agree that the best way to uh, get Iraq out of the, uh, 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 the current state of weakness is you need to really strengthen the institutions of the state. And one way to do that is that you need to get the energy that the Iraqi protests have shown into the political system so that, and this is a, the, the youth of Iraq do not have a debt to Iran and other neighboring countries uh, like the many uh, in the political class have today because they have been there as opposition leaders during the time of Saddam. And after 2003, they got political and economic support uh, from the neighboring countries. So they owe a lot of what they have today to those countries. But the young generation of Iraq does not have that debt, and their aspiration is different. And this, is, so getting that energy into the system and uh, continuing help from uh, the international community and the United, including the United States uh, for fair elections to happen next year and for the institutions of the state to reform 
and for the young generation of Iraq not to be crushed uh, are steps that you can take. Uh, Obviously, there's no magic solution. There are only good steps that one can take. You've been listening to Sarhang Hamasaid, the Director of Middle East Programs at the U.S. Institute of Peace. We'll be right back. This month marks the one-year anniversary of the protests that took place in Iraq, anti-government protests, many calls from those same youth about shifting the focus from supporting Iranian efforts and its proxies' efforts in Iraq towards the people and a government that is trying to look towards a new era for Iraq. And we saw really some striking images of the violence that these protesters were met with, snipers on rooftops. And I just remember walking through Baghdad earlier this year, and you see memorials set set up all over Tahrir Square to these young people who lost their lives fighting for change. To those young people, and, and you write a little bit about the youth uh, in this, this new piece you have on the USIP website, but to those young people who are looking for political change, how do they go about it? I mean, there's early elections next June. Uh, the new prime minister, Mustafa al Kadimi appears to be trying to put this structure together. But this question that you raise, is Iraq ready? And are they prepared to have elections that could lead to meaningful change? The youth of Iraq, um, and they have been losing uh, hope and faith uh, and trust in the government and in the political parties and in the political leaders it has been accumulating over year after year and um yeah in october 2019 uh where the largest numbers of unprecedented numbers of uh, iraqi youth poured into the street uh, they did uh, uh find themselves in a state of shock about how much violence was directed at them from from elements of the Iraqi security forces and armed groups accused of being aligned with Iran. So that was a big surprise. And they also saw that the international community will not provide the kind of support uh, that will be effective in preventing that violence. Protests and uh, denouncements by the international community uh, were not were not suf- sufficient to to stop the violence. So they quickly realized they quickly realized that they really, for the most part, need to rely on themselves um, to keep to keep the momentum going. Um, and uh, today, uh, they very much find themselves in the same position. They take some solace and and uh, they have their support from uh, Iraq's grand uh, Shia cleric, Grand Ayatollah Ali Sistani. He has been uh, very vocal and very open and uh, very public about his support for the demonstrations, and that has been important. Uh, the United Nations uh, has uh, tried to communicate and be the voice of the uh, Iraqi people to the Security Council and to the international community. And uh, also non-governmental organizations have tried to support those um, uh, protesters that were reporting uh, on the, the violence that happened and communicating their grievances and for the most part, part help them to stay peaceful. Uh, this is good, but not enough to uh, to transform the situation in Iraq. So uh, in the weeks and months ahead, 
there are some important steps, early elections next year, which requires uh, uh, important, uh, it's really important for the international community to support its fairness and its transparency um, and uh, provide the necessary monitoring through the entire chain of the electoral process. Uh, but also for the international community, it's important to continue to stay in Iraq and not uh, leave Baghdad because without direct presence on the ground, uh, it could really undermine reform in Iraq and undermine the support that uh, the Iraqi youth um, uh, need. So the Iraqi youth face a difficult situation, uh, but their spirit remains strong, even though uh, their numbers on the streets have been dwindling because they can't take many casualties every day. So they are trying to be strategic about their presence on the streets, and uh, they are watching closely uh, the changes in the parliament and in the government uh, and in the international community. Uh, so uh, once the, we pass the U.S. election seasons, maybe uh, uh, maybe there is more there will be more clarity about what the United States would be doing in the coming year, and uh, in Iraq itself the. Uh, preparations for the election uh, is still underway. Uh, the Iraqi parliament is discussing uh, an election law, and it's getting close to finalizing it, um, uh, which the final piece of it requires defining the district uh, electoral districts, which is a contentious issue that has implications for a balance of power within uh, and among communities and political parties uh, in Iraq. Uh, so there's some signs of hope. Uh, but also there are uh, concerns on the table, too. I really appreciate your analysis on this amid such uncertainty for the country, but there are clearly many people watching with anticipation to see what will happen and how these elections next year will play out. Uh, Sarhang Hamasaid, the Director of Middle East Programs at the United States Institute of Peace. Sir, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Trey. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.